0: I'm Diane Hullett, and this is the Best Life, Best Death podcast. I am thrilled today to be welcoming the founder of Juniper Books, Thatcher Wine. And Thatcher has just um, put out a new book in December that I'm really excited about because it it touches on something that I always go back and forth about. And this is this question of multitask versus monotask. So welcome, Thatcher. Thanks,
1: Diane. It's nice to be here.
0: So his new book is called... 12 monotasks do one thing at a time to do everything better. And basically using research from neuroscience and psychology and insights from mindfulness practices, Thatcher has gone ahead and outlined these 12 kind of basic activities that define our days and kind of turn things on its head. Tell, tell a little bit about it, Thatcher, from your point of view.
1: So monotasking, the easy way to think about it is that it's just the opposite of multitasking. And we all kind of know what multitasking is at this point, right? <laughs> we all probably do it too much, myself included. Um, it's just becoming like a habit that you know we, we're all so busy, rushing around, have so many things on our to-do list. Plus, we've got these devices that make us think that we're really good at multitasking. Hey, right. check out this notification. Open this right. app. You know? Constant
0: stimulation and bing, bing, bing. Yeah,
1: and so, so we just we multitask without thinking about it. And a couple of things happen when we do that. One of them is that we tend to get less done. <laughs> um, we tend to make more mistakes. The things that we do, and the other thing is that like we kind of feel overwhelmed and stressed. Like. Like we just have a never-ending to-do list and, and we're not doing our best work. We're not really present in all the conversations and relationships we have. So I kind of hit the wall myself a few years ago. I had too much going on, including a few you know crises of different proportions, uh, including going through cancer and going through divorce and putting my business back together after you know a few years of being distracted by those other things. And I realized you know, that I do my best work and I'm the happiest when I monotask. And you can't just decide I'm gonna monotask, like I wish it was that easy. So I went about kind of thinking about how I do it, how I get better at it, when my muscles kind of atrophy and I get bad at it. (laughs) And I came up with this whole idea of monotasking muscles. And the idea of your monotasking muscles is that you, you strengthen them by monotasking, by paying attention to one thing at a time. And the more you do things like reading, or really listening in a conversation or, you know, immersing yourself in play, like just going out to a concert and not thinking about work. Like it may helps you pay attention in other things that you wanna do in your life. So the book's all about these 12 activities you can do. Sometimes, you know, every day, sometimes you might say like, oh, that one just doesn't work for me, I'm gonna skip it. And, and you'll see that you'll be able to reclaim your attention and be more focused over time.
0: I love that. I love especially like you you list the 12 monotasks and you've set a couple of them and there's also like eating and sleeping and like these basic activities that we do but what would it be like if we did them with more focus? And the one that I especially loved is um getting there, right? And I remember years ago I took a I took a mindfulness class. It was called um like mindfulness-based stress reduction. Like I sort of loved that they had to turn meditation into this MBSR you know, acronym. Um, But in this mindfulness-based stress reduction class, the thing that has stayed with me all these years was she said, drive when you drive. Mm. And, and I think about that when I drive because no, I want to make a phone call. And I think, oh, I should X, Y, Z. And I better write something on my grocery list at the red light. And it's like, what if I just drive when I drive? And it does do something completely different to my experience of driving. And you, you also talk about, like you, you say, you know, like, yeah, you could go on retreat. Yeah. You know, we all think we need to do these special things, but you're really saying what if we didn't have to do special things? We're living our life and we're living our life with more present attention.
1: And that's, that's, that's the key right there. Like, I mean, I, I studied, you know, we have probably studied a lot of this, you know, similar things over the years, um, whether it's mindfulness or yoga, um, meditation, and I love them and they work, but I always felt like there's a little bit of a separateness to them, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that's just the Western way of working and living and taking vacations or something else, um, you know, so I wanted to do something like where I didn't have to go anywhere and I didn't have to wait until I was off of work or, you know, next weekend do it or once a year or go on a trip. Like, I think any moment you should just be able to say, I'm gonna make a choice to do one thing at a time. Let me look at all the things I'm doing right now. So am I listening to something while doing some work and responding to a conversation? Like, I'm gonna break them apart. I'm gonna do one at a time. That's mindfulness, you could call it that, Um, but it's also monotasking. And for people that, you know, just wanna be more productive or just wanna have a better relationship to their kids um, it's a very like, you know, secular way to just drop into the present moment and, and do something important and meaningful.
0: Fully. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. I love that. What, what surprised you as you wrote the book? Anything?
1: Um, yeah. Um, gosh, what surprised me? I'm surprised by that question. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> <a> surprising question. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a great opportunity for me to, you know, both think about my own experience. Um, and then do some research into multitasking and and the negative effects of it. So, I mean, one statistic that's interesting is that, you know, basically everybody multitasks, but only 2% of the population can actually cognitively do two things at a time, right? I mean, I think everybody can like fold their laundry and listen to a podcast. Um, But, you know, as far as like really doing two tasks that require your brain, um, very few people can do it. And, and I think when most people hear that statistic, they think, oh, well, I'm clearly the 2%, like I can do that. <laughs> but the reality is that you know, most of us are in the 98%. And, and I think that's okay. Um, because we, human beings aren't wired to multitask. We're wired to like do one thing at a time. We have these brains that like take in all these, you know, things through our senses and everything and, and be aware of danger and, and all that. But you know, the reality is like when you f- were built to focus and, and at the same time, we've created these machines, these computers and devices that can multitask. And multitasking was actually invented like in the 1950s um, to refer to computer programming. And, and I think what happened over the years is like, you know as people, human beings are creating computers and getting them to do faster and faster and more things, they're like, well, we're writing the programs to do those
0: things we should also be so we should be
1: able to do that too but but we can't and i think that's okay and like you know your your teacher said you know about just driving like a lot of time it just requires giving ourselves permission to do one thing at a time and and it's okay to like not be able to do all the that multitasking and all that other stuff just do the one thing and it feels better you'll get done you'll arrive there safely
0: right Right. And, and you'll, and you'll have this sense of being present with what's happening in your life that I think so much in our fragmented world takes us out of, and I, you know, there's such, um, yeah, there's just a lot of dissatisfaction, I think, and frustration mm-hmm. in people. And I think this is such a a simple solution. I I love somewhere in the, in the parts of the book, I haven't read the whole book yet, but you talk about how, um, you know, this is something that you don't have to uh, yeah. We kind of touched on this, but like, you don't have to go anywhere to do it. This is your life. This is Mm -hmm. living your life with a little more um, constancy or presence with how you're going about your day. And I think, you know, I think we were talking before we hit record about sort of how this ties into, Um, best life, best death, and kind of end of life work. And for me, part of it is this idea that there are these things we'd like to get done before we die. If we really use our mortality as a way to kind of wake up, then there is this sense of time pressure that I think we feel. So then if there are some things that you really want to do, monotasking might be the way to actually make some of them happen. Whether it's this, you know, theoretical idea that I should call my lawyer and go sign some paperwork, or I should download some documents from the internet and get those signed, or whether it's I keep meaning to write letters to my kids if something were to happen to me, but those things never actually get done. You know, I wonder how monotasking might support that.
1: Well, if you can, if if you can do something, you can monotask that too. Like if you can think of it, you can put it, write it down on your post-it note on your to-do list, like. You can monotask it. And the reality is you probably should monotask it. <laughs> and and the reason why our to-do lists, one of the reasons why our to-do lists get so long and, and we don't cross things off a lot of times is because we procrastinate. And and one of the reasons we procrastinate is because we're multitasking. And when we multitask, like we think we're getting to everything on that list, but we're really not. And we always have an excuse. I just had too much to do. It wasn't my top priority today.
0: Right, right. Squirrel. Um, I was thinking yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, shiny thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Run
0: over here and do this now. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, the overall monotasking philosophy is not about doing less in life. It's about doing things one at a time. <clears throat> and things overall, like when you start doing it, they might take longer, and that's okay. And they might be like a little bit bored, boring, a little tedious. Yeah. Um, Because you're paying attention full time to that thing that you're doing. So if you're monotasking those things on your to-do list, um, getting your affairs in order, writing letters to your family, um, you know, those those things, like if you bring your full attention to it, rather than it being something that, you know, you don't really want to like absorb all the, you know, the feelings about it, the emotions and sensations, um, or recognize that you you yourself are actually paying attention to your own mortality. Like if you monotask it, you're in that present moment. And so like we talked about before, I mean, you'll probably do a better job. You'll make fewer mistakes. Some ideas will occur to you that wouldn't have occurred otherwise, if you were just doing it while watching TV or, you know, dictating it while you're driving. Um, and I think those are all good things. And as human beings, we tend to like live our lives, you know, in the past and the pre- in the future, not in the present and, you know, come up with these kind of excuses for why we shouldn't do stuff right now in this very moment. But like the present moment is where everything happens. <laughs> right, um, right. And if you can think about your own mortality in the present moment, you know, I think that's a good thing. And I think that's where, you know, the intersection of monotasking and, and your work really, really happens.
0: I think so, too. I think so, too. Well, you can, again, find out more about this book, 12 Monotasks, Do One Thing at a Time to Do Everything Better, on a dedicated website called monotasking.tips. And you can also find out more about Thatcher on juniperbooks.com, as well as see his um, incredible library work that he does. Uh, Thanks, Thatcher, for joining me today. And tell us to end, like, uh, tell me something that you're grateful for today.
1: Um, I'm grateful for my family, my kids. Um, you know, I, I actually, that was one of the things I thought about a lot as I was writing the book and, you know, some of the, the wisdom and lessons I wanted to impart to them. And, and, um, give them an opportunity to, you know, be as successful and creative and, um, fulfilled in their lives as possible. So I'm really grateful for them them and my, yeah, for my two kids in my life. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And they really, and you like have found this power in monotasking with them. And I think about modeling that as a parent, like what a powerful thing to show our kids, like, when I'm with you, I'm completely with you. And when I'm, you know, cooking dinner for us, I'm cooking dinner for us, or whatever it is we're doing as a family, we're 100% in. I love it.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's easier said than done. I'll be completely honest. I talk about it at the end of the book, like, you know, just because one person decides to monotask doesn't mean that other people are going to be like all of a sudden paying attention.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much, dad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and kids and technology, like they love their devices. It's hard to get them off of it. That was one of the reasons I wrote the book too. Um, Because I, you know, I'm not a huge believer in just saying like, put down your phone. Like, I think people have to develop restraint and the you know
0: it's a muscle again it's yeah so Mm -hmm. exactly
1: so you know i encourage them to to read books and to slow down and you know truly do one thing at a time and and i think that will help them put down their phones later and pay attention when they need to um and you know i think that's it's really important i think as we all make our way into the future which is just going to be more distracting we're gonna have more stuff to do there's gonna be more financial and just societal pressure to do this, do that. You know, keep up your social media. Whatever's important to you. Um, so I think we have to develop these muscles to, you know, reclaim our attention and then apply it where we want to put it.
0: Oh, I um, love that. Reclaim then, our attention. Yeah. That, is, that is so well put. Yeah.
1: Because right now, you know, so much of it is is kind of hijacked by yes. big technology companies that want us to pay attention to what they want yes. us to look at, ads they want us to look at, or things to download, et cetera. And if we can reclaim our attention, then at least we can make a conscious choice. Like, do I want to give my attention to that social media company or do I want it for myself and get, you know, this, my life planning done? Or do I want to like get that presentation done for work? Or do I want to just like go off, you know, and and go for a bike ride and not think about anything else?
0: Um, This is really a deep reclaiming and and then making choices from that place.
1: Yeah. And the choices can be truly anything. So, I mean, I, I, I love when I you know hear stories, The books just coming out now, but, um, when people tell me how they applied it, um, you know, some, a lot of people have said that they, they're like the chapter about sleep just completely reframed their understanding about how to get a good night's sleep and why it's so important and how to truly monotask it. And getting enough sleep is not just about like working so hard and exhausting yourself all day and then collapsing and maybe getting eight hours of sleep. Like you really have to make a plan, um, for blocking out that time to sleep and when you're going to eat and what your bed, you know, ergonomically is going to be set up like, uh, so things like that. And I, I love hearing those stories. And, um, cause I think it just is foundational and people are going to be able to make their changes and accomplish goals that they, they were maybe having trouble with before.
0: I love it. Well, again, I think the way you've written this really allows people to read these activities and then apply it to their lives and their work. You know, it's a it's a it's a recipe. It's a it's a muscle workout, as you said. And I think that we can all benefit. So thanks for, um, you know collecting all this research, putting it in one place and inspiring us to monotask into the next year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. It was a great conversation.
0: You bet. Thanks, Thatcher. I've been speaking with Thatcher Wine, and this has been Diane Hullett. And you can learn more about my work at bestlifebestdeath.com. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you.